Hey guys, welcome back. Today we're going to discuss how to be sad and angry without being miserable. Note, so this is a question I receive from a listener. Thank you guys for all your questions. Keep them coming. This one may be less of a question, more of a criticism, which I appreciate. And the criticism goes something to the effect of, look, Mark, we get it. You're really smart. You have this way of breaking down emotions to their fundamental parts. Uh, but... The fundamental emotions that you talk about, like sadness, anger, and anxiety, these are all negative emotions. If we just focus on anger, for instance, or sadness, we're always focused on what we need. Aren't we going to be miserable people? Aren't we going to increase our cortisol and shorten our life expectancy because of this? And I think this is a great criticism. And I think the one criticism, yeah, I mean, the one fully fleshed out criticism I have received from academia on my ideas. But ultimately, I believe it is unfounded, and I have three points to cover to demonstrate why I think it's unfounded. The first one is this question relies on the premise that stress is somehow unhealthy. It is not unhealthy. Stress is healthy only in the context of the system that handles it, how much stress we have, how much awareness we have of the stress. I mean, walking down the street, walking down the street is a stress on your body but it is good for you. Your body needs to be put in a certain kind of stress for a certain amount of time for it to grow. Anytime you grow in life, let me spoil it for you. Anytime you grow in life, it will be because of stress. Now, sometimes stress can be too much. Like if a paraplegic walks down the street, right? That's too much stress for that particular body in that particular context. But the paraplegic, I know, needs other stress on his body. It's just a matter of context. And yes, sadness and anger are stressful to our body. But I will submit to you that when we learn about sadness, learn about anger, exactly how these, these emotions work, then it's way less stressful. If you don't know how to do a proper squat and you go into the weight room to do a squat, you will more likely put a bad kind of stress on your body but you learn how a squat works, you learn proper technique, and you go in and do the squat, and it's stress on your body, and it allows you to grow. Learning about, uh, learning about the stress and how to properly manage it is, is a way of doing that. It, you know, it'd be way different if I just said, being sad is good, being angry is good, and I gave you no demarcation, no delineation of what sadness or anger are, or what anxiety is, how to manage these things. That would, yes, long-term be stressful, would cause a elevated, yeah, cortisol is good. <laughs> cortisol is good for your body. Chronically elevated cortisol, not so good. Um, I mean, yeah, you know, stress is good for you. You know, this is like, <laughs> I don't know, like some boomer fantasy that stress is somehow bad for you, which is probably why a lot of our boomer parents coddled us. Um, they just want us to be comfortable, and that's, that's understandable, but it is wrong. You know, we, we thought the same thing about exercise in the Middle Ages. I mean, people in the Middle Ages, people would see somebody exercise or run, and they, they'd be sweating and breathing hard, and they're like, whoa, that's too much stress in your body. That must be bad for you. And right now, we are in the Middle Ages when it comes to psychology. And people think, well, if you're sad and angry, well, just make a gratitude list. Do whatever you can to feel good. Uh, you know, take your vitamin D. T take your magnesium supplement. Go out and get some sun, and you'll feel better. Therefore, you're going to have a better psychology. That's really not how it works. And we're even, I mean, you guys are probably into this, but 
even there's a lot of research now that says the stress of not eating, fasting, like intermittent fasting, multiple day fasting is good for you precisely because of the stress that it places on your body and managing emotions, you know, these somewhat negative emotions is really no different. I think the other point that this criticism misses is that, yeah, there is sadness and anger there. I talk about that, but that's only one half of emotions and how they work. I mean, I will link, yeah, the, the video is already linked in the description below of how anxiety works, how anger works. Well, the other half is of anger and sadness, at least, is compassion. And I talk about it in my book, Appraisal Theory of Emotions. This goes way back. It's not the stress in the brain that matters. It's how we perceive the stress on the brain. So I guess this bleeds a little from my first point. When you know how to get your needs met and you're, you're comfortable, you've acclimated your neurological system to the stress of anger and sadness, and then you have a need, it doesn't feel like anger anymore, right? The sadness doesn't feel like sadness anymore and the anger doesn't feel like anger anymore. It begins to feel like, what do I say in my book? Desire. That's just another word for anger. That is anger comforted. I think the exact word I use is it's comforted by a bed of compassion. When we're good at getting our needs met, we feel natural compassion. Not the false compassion you receive when you do your gratitude list and think of your enemies and wish them well. And again, I just, I make fun of that for good reason because we are drunk right now on gratitude lists and affirmations, but these can be useful. I just want to emphasize it's not a fundamental solution to your psychological issue. Going for a run, making a gratitude list, doing your magnesium supplement pill thing, you know, whatever it is, your multivitamin uh, boron, whatever, it is not, uh, it's, it's not a way to handle your emotional issue. You, you are not doing it. You are covering it up. And the, the sad fact is you think you're handling it. So the next time that your system is truly stressed, because stress is going to happen no matter what, let's at least be ready for it. Focus on anger and, and sadness so we are ready for it when it happens, like in the context of a real loss or in the context of a relationship where guys really get tested. All people get tested. It's going to happen. So let's prepare. Let's prepare, let's prepare our neurology for when it happens. And the third point that I think that this criticism misses is, you know, there are a few enlightened souls out there who grow even when they don't have to, or who grow psychologically, but typically, and, you know, I speak it for myself here too, we, we don't grow when we're happy. We don't grow when we're feeling great about ourselves. That's nice, and I want you to feel great about yourself. I, I want you to feel confidence and compassion, the combination of which is generally what we would call happiness. I want you to feel all that. But ultimately, we grow at the rate of pain. If you are not in pain, then you are probably not growing, and specifically with sadness and anger, if you do not get in touch with sadness and anger, it is going to be very difficult for you to push through any anxiety you may feel, to, to do what you need to do to confront reality in the way that you need to confront it in order to truly grow and not simply to feel better about yourself. And I, I, But I think the main point here and, you know, that this schism goes back in society, it goes way back in society. You know, we have our main psychological view of reality or maybe another reality with Christianity, at least in the West. Now, whether you're a Christian doesn't matter. We've all been influenced by Christianity to some degree. And Christianity comes at it. Yeah, I actually, I was going to respond to this, but I guess I didn't think of anything to say in the moment. 
where I was just mindlessly scrolling through Twitter, which guilty. Um, somebody said, if you're a true Christian, you, you would never watch a horror movie. Somebody on Twitter, you know, which is true. And that's exactly the kind of mentality that makes Christianity. While I, if you're a Christian, I support that. I think it can overall be a great belief system, but there are just some pieces of Christianity that are very unhelpful, very unhelpful for dealing with reality. I think that tweet is correct. If you were a true Christian, that's true. You would not watch a horror movie. You just want to banish evil or bad things or negative things or negative thoughts and beliefs uh, from your psychology, not even consider them because it's negative and there's really no way to handle that negativity. Now, of course, there was, at least in the West, a background psychological thread, thread that went from you know shamanism to Gnosticism to alchemy. We have a... A video, a presentation, a podcast on alchemy here on the channel. To Faust, to the Zarathustra, to depth psychology, to Jung, that says, well, evil's there. You know, what we would call evil or bad things or negative emotions, it's there. And we can't just avoid it. Because to avoid that is to avoid reality. And we have a healthy life to the extent that we can interact with reality in a healthy way. So let's look at it. Let's figure it out. And it turns out. The more we look at these, quote, negative emotions like sadness and anger and anxiety, they're not really negative at all. It's just indications from reality of things we may need to do. And especially in the case of anger, it provides us with energy. It provides us with a physiological response so we can take the actions, um, you know, that we need to take. I mean, so what I'm saying is the ultimate negativity here is being afraid of negativity because what you're telling yourself if you feel sadness, if you feel anger, if you feel anxiety and say, well, I can't feel that, I need to be positive, that is ultimately one of the most negative things you can tell yourself if we are going to frame the problem in that context. Because what, what you're telling yourself, if you can't watch a horror movie, if you can't feel anxiety, whatever, you're telling yourself, well, there's just issues here I cannot deal with. I need to turn away and banish them. Anger is knocking at your door. Sadness is knocking at your door. Are you going to build a fence and pretend like it's not there? Or are you going to invite it in, talk to it, learn from it, ask a question, be like, what's going on? Here, let, let, let's, uh, let's have a beer together. Let, let's have some coffee. Uh, we have some um, sandwiches or biscuits. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever people do when they have uh, people over. You know. You know, what's it going to be? I would submit that inviting the anger in, getting to know it, learning from it, managing the stress that it causes you is going to help you in the way that you want to be helped. And I will leave it there. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you for listening. Again, I need more questions. Animus at animusempire.com. We do free consultations. If you are ready, if, if you've been through the therapy ringer before, you know, the, the CBT hegemony, the, the insurance-based hegemony out there that says, hey, just think happy thoughts and be happy. And if that's not really working for you, if that's not helping you solve your problems, I mean, if it is helping you solve your problems, then great. I would say it's probably not. It's only a short-term solution. But if it is, then great, whatever. But if you're looking for another way of looking at this, if you're looking for maybe, hmm, maybe sadness and anger and anxiety, maybe these are things I need to utilize in my life in order to ultimately make the decisions I want to make. We do free consultations animusempire.com slash schedule and remember you will not fully do what you need to do in reality 
until you're able to confront yourself.